The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. Let's do it. Ryan, let's go. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. And I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? It's going good, buddy. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm, I'm loving your Dolphins shirt. I feel like you're in a football state of mind. I know that you're a Formula One guy now. That's your thing, and you like hockey, but I love the football representation. Yeah, well, because I guess we may, after this, we may head over to Sports Bar to see the Dolphins uh, Seahawks game at uh, 4 o'clock. Oof, we're going to get slaughtered. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but uh, I've actually really been keeping up the Dolphins. I have no idea who's made the team or not. I guess Arian Foster's our starting running back because yay, 2010. Um, <laughs> That's exactly. Uh, right. Yeah. So uh, actually, yeah, I, I didn't even watch any of the uh, Thursday night game, the opening game. Uh, I was busy with the game, the one that you should have, frankly, the one that everyone in this country, this continent, should have been actually worrying about. North America v. Europe in the uh, World Cup of Hockey. The uh, it's not, it, Actually, it was the pre-tournament games. It wasn't even technically tournament games. They're just warm-ups. Wait. So th- there's the World Cup of Hockey. In the World Cup of Hockey, it's not countries. It's continents? No, 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 no. So there's eight teams, right? And, I mean, why you don't know this is <laughs> infuriating. <laughs> so there is Canada, USA. Yeah. Which, you know, are, are two teams. And then well, there's also North America because there's such number of people of uh, talent and just players that the North American team is the 20, I think it's 23 or 24 and under. So it's basically all the kids. Okay. Yeah. You have Russia, Czech Republic, Sweden, Finland, and Europe also made up of the other players of the team countries that only have like one or two or three uh, representatives in the NHL. Okay. Are we any good? Which one USA or North America? Well, both. Like, I mean, I know USA, like, they're always good. I've seen them in the Olympics, and they usually make the gold medal game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we'll probably get more in-depth with them uh, later on in the show. Oh, good. Hockey analysis. Stick around for that, folks. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with the Break the Business podcast, I implore you. Hell, I demand that you... Well, I don't demand. That seems kind of harsh. Oh, like, wow. no. I was surprised no. you went there. I'm glad. I think no, you got should, should I make the strong sell? Stay, stay, keep the energy. You keep it up. You better freaking... Rate, review, and subscribe yeah. to our yeah. bleeping podcast Tell on them, iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher. Oh, but I don't know what Stitcher is. Find Stitcher and go go like us on that. Yeah. And you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Where can they follow you, David? Damn it. They could follow me at Metal Dave if you dare. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, wait, no, I'm sorry. Seri- no, we're, no, we're still serious. Yeah. No, 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 wait. At Metal Dave 85. Yes. In my fury, I forgot the last two parts. And those of are the end. most two important parts. And while you're at it, uh, there's an email. And, you know, oh, I'm oh, too... Yeah, yeah, break yeah. the business at gmail.com. That's right. We All still right. use Gmail. We're, we don't have uh, a, 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 a one for our own right. website yet. That's, but that's fine. It's I cool. I want you, listener, in the steel cage. All right? Come Sunday night at WrestleMania, listener. You and I are going to go down. Ladder match, chairs, right? The ring's going to be on fire, buddy. Are you there? I'm there. You're going to tag team in? Oh, my God. You know, we'll double team the two hands, and then, like, you can hold the guy in the turnbuckle, and I'll, 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 I'll beat him. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen pro wrestling like in, like, 20 years. Like, double suplex. Oh, dude, you're going down. What would our theme song be if we were a tag team wrestling match? Um, Maybe something by Mary Amber. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, how fun would that be? Yeah, just something nice and poppy yeah. and light. 
Yeah. See, I thought it would be like a mixture. Like for the first half of the walk up, like it's some metal song, like Enter Sandman. But then for the last half, like it's going to be something for me. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into the ring to Ingrid Michaelson. Be a nice contrast. Um, who? She's, she's a delight. You, you'd like her a lot. I know I've heard you say the name or something. Um, anyway, so good. We got through the contact information. We got a great show coming up today. I'm so excited for our next guest. Cheryl B. Engelhardt is joining us. She's a musician. She's also an entrepreneur. She's got the In the Key of Success um, website, a great platform. It's got resources and classes for artists. Uh, you can also check her out on her website, livingongigging.com, which was rated one of the top music blogs in the world. She's super knowledgeable. She's got great music. We got a song from her coming up, and she's going to talk to us about a topic that I think is important for any artist to listen to, and mm-hmm. that's plateaus. You know, every artist, you hit those points in your life where you know you you feel like you've hit kind of a, a rough spot and you can't figure out how to break through to the next level. And she has some great insight on how she gets through her own plateaus, and you oh. definitely want to stick around for that. Okay, so they're metaphorical plateaus. That's right. She's, she's not coming to give us a geographical lesson on the American Southwest. Um, she wanted to, and she's actually quite knowledgeable, but I talked her out of it just for time, you know. Well, because I was kind of looking forward to that, buddy. You told me there's plateaus, and I was thinking, like, ooh, we'll get into Adobe's also, and just, like, you know. I love it. Yeah, man. <laughs> Stuff that we haven't thought about you since, know, like, middle school history and uh, yeah, geography. I really missed out. I, I, I should have realized that was the sweet spot of this interview. She actually only gave us about 30 minutes of music talk and then talked to us for about six hours about um, actual geography and geology and you know, plateaus and archipelagos, and I can't remember any of those other funny terms from geography yeah. class. Isthmus. Isthmus. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess, but we're using that for our other podcast. We're using that for our sort of ge- geography anthropology uh, podcast, right? How entertaining would that be? Yeah. I think that's what called uh, Break the. Uh, shoot, I don't even have a joke. Oh, man. Anyway, before we get into, I uh, got a little bit of music business to talk about before we bring Cheryl in and before we got the D block and all the other great stuff we do around here. But I uh-huh. uh, want to do a little bit of personal stuff. If you've been following me on Twitter, you know that I've recently gotten a new puppy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's, yeah. She's a delight. Her name is Molly. She's a golden retriever and she's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Uh, here's the problem, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, we brought her home yesterday mm-hmm. from the breeder, and mm-hmm. the we my parents are also out of town this same weekend, and so we also happen to be dog sitting my mom and dad's cocker spaniel, who is you know middle aged dog and is just not having anything that Molly wants to do. Like she's, you mean the she, dog Oliver that's right now at my feet as we record this? Yes, that's right. <laughs> says Molly's jumping around trying to be a puppy and trying to play with her. Oliver does not like other dogs. He just wants to keep to himself, and so now he is. Oliver has taken to hiding out in our studio under the table, right? And now. Yeah, he's under your table at the feet. If so, if you hear panting throughout the podcast or you know the sound of you know crotches being licked, that's all Oliver. Maybe occasionally David, but mostly Oliver. Fuck you. <laughs> I feel bad about that. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> I don't care. But. The FCC's not going to find me. We wanted to, we wanted to throw Oliver out before the recording started, but we just can't get him out of here. Like we, like he is refusing to leave the studio because he does not want to hang out with with Molly the puppy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if you hear Oliver throughout the podcast, just accept it. No, he's he's, he's kind of right now just zoned out. Yeah, he's, he's he's just lying there. His eyes are kind of open as he's sleeping. No, he's just he's ha- he's having fun. He's 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 ha- he's taking a nap or something. Okay, that's good. We should be quiet, right? So, let's we got a podcast like this. Okay, yeah, let's. Well, this is the whole time. Yeah. Listeners, just turn your volume up. It'll sound about the same. 
We don't want to wake the puppy. We'd be we'd be real bastards if we just yelled right now. But I'm not going to do that. Fifty episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> it was a nice call back there. Yep. Um, before we bring in Cheryl, uh, I wanted to talk to you about a cool article in Hypebot, Dave. Hypebot. I feel like it's becoming your favorite website in the whole wide world. It's a great one, and not just because they ran an article I wrote. Yes. <laughs> but uh, this particular article has two things that I think you'll like, Dave. Okay. One. It's written by Kosha Dills, a former guest of our podcast, and I know you always love the guests mm-hmm. coming yeah, on the show. Yeah, yeah. That was the, he was one guy I was uh, upset I missed. But. Yeah, he was, he was a super nice guy, really just hardworking hustler. Like You can learn a lot from him, listeners. So if you, if you want to go back and find that interview, it's like number 49 or something like that. That's recent. He's the best. But the other thing you'll like about him is that he shouted out our podcast in this blog article. Nice. Yeah, he, he said right at the end that he, he loves Break the Business and he enjoyed being on with us. And... And so I guess sort of because we're shameless, let's you know plug his article a little bit. But Well, of course. Uh, what he talks about in the article is the value for indie artists to appear on the podcasts of other, you know, appear on podcasts. You know, many, many artists think that the best way to get publicity for your new creations are blogs. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you try to send your music out to some blog editor and say, hey, can you do a review of my CD? Or if I have an article to write about my experience making the blog, can you run it? And maybe every once in a while you'll get somebody to run the article. And that seems like that's kind of what every artist is trying to do. And what Kosha Dills talks about in his own experience is mm-hmm. that when he has had his article when he's had his music featured in hip hop blogs, he's gotten no traction from it. Hmm. Even on these big hip hop blogs that have millions of readers, he says, you know, I got maybe ten copies sold from mm-hmm. being on this website. It just, you know, I didn't get any return on my investment. And what he says has been much more valuable for him is appearing on podcasts, hmm. which at first I was skeptical because, you know, I mean, as really, I mean, I'm a podcast host. You are. <laughs> That's what they tell me. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, uh, or at least I've been portraying one uh, for the last year or so. And I've always figured that blogs are you know still very much have a prominent place. But what uh, Kosha has talked about in this article, and I, kind of want to take his word for it seeing as he's a you know, pretty successful indie artist is that podcasts have given him a lot more of an advantage one he talks about how the audience for podcasts is much more loyal you know if you're if you're going on that if you're listening to that podcast it means you love the people on that podcast and you're devoted to them you know if you're if you're reading a blog there's not a lot of commitment there you know you can click over to the blog read it click on to something else but if you're downloading a podcast you have to love the people on it enough that you're willing to listen to them talk for at least an hour yeah, of your day. You have to. You do. You have to. Once you listen to one, you, you actually you have to. You cannot stop. So keep that in mind, listeners. <laughs> I mean, as I say that, does that make you feel good knowing that the people who are listening to this right now, like they're they're invested in you, Dave? They're they invested in us. You. Yeah, we've got, dude. Think how many kidneys we have available to us right now. Oh yeah, I just stockpiled them. Yeah. Oh, you've actually you're started. Oh yeah, I have like three or four listeners like in the bathtub right now, like lying in ice. Oh, okay. See, I was I was doing a. Oh, well, you see, wait and see if you're going to use it, then go get it. You're like, oh no 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 no. Oh no, you you you, you want to be ready for anything, man. You okay. never know when you're going to need kidneys. That's right. I mean, I hope they don't wake up. Like they're going to be pissed. I'm sure I the see. new dog will appease them. That's right. <laughs> sorry, sorry, you lost your kidney. Here's a cute puppy. Yeah. Um, but and the other the other thing he talks about in uh in his article here is how you get more of an intention span with mm-hmm. being on podcasts where when you're reading a blog that 
person who's consuming you is only doing it for about 10 or 15 seconds as they're quickly skimming through the article. Right. But again, podcast, it's an hour. And as a consequence of that, you can tell a longer story. When you are on a blog article, pretty much all there's time to talk about is your particular album that's coming out. And maybe you get like a couple lines about something in your biography. Whereas the podcast gives you the opportunity for a long form interview. Mm -hmm. You know, when we have guests on the podcast, we can really talk about their story. We always ask them, tell us how you got from where you started to where you are today. And everything in this new music industry is about building fan engagement. You can't just get the fan who's willing to buy your album. You need to find that tribe of people who are willing to spend a hundred dollars on you, whether it's in merchandise or crowdfunding or going to see you live. And you're not going to build that fan engagement unless people really can get close to you and your story. And a podcast is a much better medium to get that story. I th- you know, let's just say it's the best way. I can't think of a better one. Selfishly, let's just say it's the best way. <laughs> and do we even go one further and say which one is the best one? That's a oh us right yeah, yeah. oh sorry you legitimately had no idea what I was talking about for like four seconds. Uh, no, I was actually just thinking of other podcasts that I thought were good, and I was like, oh wait, no, you're talking about ours. Wow. <laughs> um, way, way to really uh, promote there, buddy. Yeah, no. that's that's your strong suit. Hey, I have three half alive people with their kidneys removed. Okay, I'm passionate. Hey, man, you don't have to tell me about that. Remember when I had all those people trying to write for Dave's as yet entitled game show? Oh, we yes. Went, oh, the <laughs> I forgot about that bit. Yes. Yeah, we forgot about them because they had no families and were meaningless to us. Oh, God. They served a purpose. Well, actually, not really technically because they actually never did what we were hired to. Anyway, sidebar. Go ahead. Um, and one of the other things that he talked about that I thought was interesting is, uh, he says with podcasts, the links tend to survive longer. You know, the, when you, when you search somebody's appearance on a podcast, it tends to stay up longer with the search engine optimization. Whereas with blogs, you know, websites can move around and links can break more quickly. And so if you're trying to create an electronic press kit. Yeah. As long as the hosts or the show stays up, it's up. Yeah. And And also, I mean, some shows... Well, I mean, bigger shows like have it goes <laughs> back. Us? Well, the back catalog then goes behind a paywall, you know, uh, like like WTF with Mark Maron. Those shows are like some of the other ones like Jamie Josta podcast. Those after a certain point or Doug Douglas movies, those go behind a paid paywall like Nerdist. It's all like 800 some odd episodes for us. It's all 50, 53 now. 53, yeah. You know, we don't make you pay for it unless you want to. Wait, there are podcasts, like the bigger podcasts, you're telling me they put their older content behind a paywall. You have to pay to listen to old episodes? Yes. And people do this? Yeah. Really? They're, yeah. That's like a market? Well, I mean, obviously, if, if they weren't, they wouldn't. But that, that just seems crazy to me. I, I mean, that's it, how some people do business. But it's like, but it's old. But, but I mean, it's old. Like, people want to pay for Chris Hardwick's old content? I guess, but that's why for Douglas movies, I make sure I keep what I want on the good episodes because otherwise if I delete it, it's going to be gone in like two months. Cause I mean, but it's, but it's all like it's old material. Like the, like the pop culture things they're talking about are distant. Like why would somebody, you know, pay to, I mean, there's some episodes like, of Douglas movies. Like that, this new show, Mad Men coming out. Oh, you know, it's going to, is, is it going to be good or bad? Let's find out. Uh, but it depends. I mean, it all depends on the show, right? I mean, there's some interviews like some of like a Billy Crystal, Tom Hanks interview from 2013 on Nerdist. I still love those. Yeah. You know, they're there promoting, you know, whatever project it is, like when Billy Little Crystal, Giant, like, no, Billy Crystal and Josh Gad promoting the comedians. 
you know, that ran for one year oh. before it was canceled by FX. Okay, I just totally screwed up there, by the way. The Billy Crystal oh, movie I was yeah, thinking of was Giant. My Giant. You're thinking of Rick Moranis yes. and uh, Ed O'Neill in Little Giants. Yes, I, I mixed up the Rick Moranis football movie with the yeah. Billy Crystal George Murison picture. Yeah, where he's a... Uh, no, you know, he wasn't the referee in that one. No, now you're mixing now you're mixing up My Giant with Forget Paris. Yeah. So Billy Crystal had like two NBA movies? I don't think George Murison was playing a basketball player in My Giant. I think he was just playing a tall guy. Really? You sure? I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but I yes, I do not believe All right, well, that George Murison was playing a basketball player in My Giant. Well, we should start then a, a, a sort of mid mid 90s Billy Crystal movie podcast. I mean, do you want After me- when Harry met Sally and before <laughs> analyze this. Really the golden age of Billy Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> Just to- I think also maybe after Throw Mama from the Train, I don't know. Wow. And I thought I thought my giant and forget Paris were uh musty references. Yeah. Do we do we lose the audience there? Oh, hundred well no, remember because they have to. They have to stay. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah. Because well, that's that's what the article said. Or they end up in the bathtub with the uh with the ice. So <laughs> way to threaten them. I think that's, hey. I think that's assault. Well, no, they have to they have to have a reasonable apprehension of fear. Very good. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Oh yeah, bar <laughs> material. So, yeah, just in case the Billy Crystal talk didn't turn you off. Now let's talk about legal terms. No, um, but one of the, th- and finally, in closing with this. Yes, in closing. article about podcasts is basically there's a lot of advantages there. You can tell a longer story with podcasts. You can create more fan engagement. Even if the numbers, even if there are more people reading a blog, you have a chance to meet more real fans by introducing them uh, to your, introducing you to them on a podcast. So if you're an artist, I would recommend devoting some of your promotional effort to go finding these podcasts that are out there, including Break the Business. We'd certainly love to have you on. Mm-hmm. And don't give up on those promotional opportunities to tell your story through the podcast medium. Yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunities yeah. there for you, as Kosha has pointed out. Yeah, I think that's good stuff. Oliver, do you have anything you'd like to add? All right, good stuff. Cheryl Langohart, next. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time, my new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. She is a New York-based recording artist and businesswoman and the founder of In the Key of Success, a website that provides courses, guides, and other resources for musicians and content creators. She is also the host of the podcast Key Conversations and the creator of the website livingongigging.com, which was rated one of the top 100 music industry blogs by Musicians Empowered. You can follow her on Twitter at CBE and check out her website, cbemusic.com. Ladies Ladies and gentlemen, Cheryl B. Engelhart is on the Break the Business podcast. Cheryl, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. That was that was quite the concise intro there. I like it. <laughs> oh, we do what we can around here. Uh, uh, and congratulations to you on having you know getting the concise Twitter handle of only three letters. Uh, did you get in like early on the Twitter oh, train there? Or? I- 
I must have. You don't even know how many people tweet at me like I'm an airport, like hanging out with my sister at CB or like Chris, Chris Brown Entertainment. Like I get so many people being like, hey, CBE, love the new beats, yo. And I'm like, thank you. I didn't know you're into chick pop rock. That's awesome. And it's yeah, a lot of crossover you know, there, I'm sure. I write back to every single person that tags me wrong. Usually it's like three a day and I hashtag wrong tag and I, then I hashtag don't drink and don't drink and tag. Um, but I usually, um, I usually write back something. There's, there's some institution in London, I think that's like a, a, a learning institution for, for teachers. And they're like doing so much innovation here at CBE. And I'm like, I am an innovator, but this is guilty. Not yeah. <laughs> so yes, I got in early. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing at this point. I'm waiting for someone to be like, I will pay you $1 million for that handle. Um, but it hasn't happened yet. But I'm open. I'm open to it. <laughs> so, well, we, we'll call that the end point of the music career. That's that's ultimately what we're working toward is somebody just buying exactly. your Twitter handle and you can retire exactly. on a private island somewhere. But Wonderful. I'd love to talk to you about how you started and where you are now on the way, of course, to getting your Twitter handle purchased Obviously. for that princely sum. So yep. if you could, I'd love for you, Cheryl, to walk us through your journey in the music business. Uh, what about your work as a singer-songwriter drove you to creating all these websites and courses to guiding other artists? Um, yeah, the singer songwriter thing was funny. It, it, you know, it wasn't like I was a kid wanting to be a rock star. I wanted to be a marine biologist. I had pictures of dolphins and whales on my walls, like uh, not the classic marine star. biologist to rock star story. Here we go again. Oh God, really? Is it a thing? No, I didn't know that's a thing. Completely kidding. <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, I went to Cornell and I got a degree in biology and I was taking music classes as sort of electives just to fill the elective requirements. My advisor was like, why don't you just major in music? You, you only need like one more credit. And I was like, all right. So double majored. It was always sort of like a hobby to me. Graduated, got a job scuba diving, doing research for the government, like water quality stuff. So I was like full on biology. Here we go. Like music is a is a hobby, but I really missed it. And I never, I was always writing piano songs and, and never really writing lyrics. I, I wrote a couple songs with lyrics, but they usually ended up being about unicorns and rainbows. Um, so I didn't think that that was like a thing that I could do well until I took a poetry class. And then I started to, to see the possibility of a singer songwriter. Um, still wasn't really thinking that it was going to be something that I turned to, but I really did miss music while I was, you know, underwater. <laughs> and, uh, I got an opportunity when we were, when the river froze for a couple months, we actually got a break. And a friend of my mom's asked me to write music for a website he was developing, just like short little videos. Um, so I, I did that and that re made me realize that I really wanted to work in music. And I thought maybe going to compose, I, I took a couple of video editing and composing for TV and commercial courses in college as electives. And I really liked that. So I thought that maybe that was supposed to be the path. And, um, so I started writing music for any indie film I could get my hands on. And every amateur filmmaker is making horror films. Like uh, I, I scored so many stupid horror films. I can't even, <laughs> ugh. Uh, if I see another zombie, I can't even watch the walking dead. Like I just, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't. So that led me to a job in the advertising industry at a music house, a commercial house, um, shortening the long story. And then I was like, Oh, I'm working in a studio. Like there's this gorgeous recording studio here. Like maybe I should record some of my songs. I don't know. Maybe I should put together a band to help me record the songs. And that led to maybe we should do some gigs to practice for the recording. And then I was hooked. So that was, that was the sort of fell out of my, nothing that I was like intentionally doing. And that a lot of my like twenties was all about these things that sort of just fell in my lap and 
um, you know, I got an idea and I stuck with it for a little while, but it wasn't something that I had like set out to do. So, um, that all being said, you know, I left that, that music house I was working at, I had a full-time job there and ended up leaving in 2007 to go do the whole tour full-time thing. I had come out with my second record, um, all indie. I started getting some placements, started talking to a couple of publishers, you know, toured all over Switzerland and Germany with my band up and down the West and East coast of America and really got into that, you know, playing ski resorts, playing colleges, like all the stuff. And, um, trying a lot of the, a lot of that over the next five years was like, I say this to everyone that I ever talked to about their careers. It, it, a lot of it was like throwing spaghetti to the wall and seeing what sticks. And a lot of time, nothing stuck. Like the shit was just sliding down the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, at some point something started to shift for me. I started working with collegehumor.com. Um, you know, I, I met someone there that needed someone to write some music for some of their videos that became something very regular. And I loved working with them. Um, so I started getting, getting more into that, that realm of a, a composer. And I started going back to composing for ads as a freelance composer. Um, and I got a feature film. I started, you know, more projects were coming onto my plate there. Um, I studied orchestration at Juilliard for a little while just to sort of fill in some of the, the holes, the gaps that I had, um, from a musician composer standpoint. And as if Cornell some, didn't make you educated enough, you had to throw well, a Juilliard in there too. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I wasn't focusing on music. It was sort of like, what can I get by, you know, to have two double, you know, have a double major. And I was on the crew team and I was a bouncer. That was like my job. Like I, and I was in an acapella group. So I was kind of like maxed out. So I was kind of doing everything like, you know, what can I, you know, I think anyone surviving at, at Cornell, you learn what you can get away with not doing. <laughs> it's not how good you are at doing all of the work, but more about getting away with that. So anyway, so that, that became, that actually became a theme of my life. Now that I think about it, but <laughs> That all being said, at some point in this whole journey, someone saw, oh, hey, you're making a living. You know, they didn't know how barely that was really, but they asked me to speak at a, a music conference. And I had been going to, you know, the ASCAP Expo and the Millennium Music Conference and South by Southwest, like as a performer and trying to network, trying to find the person that was supposed to find me. Um, and, you know, I met a few people along the way. And so when I got asked to speak at one of these things, I'm like, you don't, what? no, you don't want me talking, What? that's dumb. But, you know, I sort of started to look at some of the patterns and some of the things that had been working. And I was like, okay, well, I am, I am paying most of my bills from music gigs, whether it was teaching or composing or so, you know, it was, it was coming from a, a variety of sources, but, you know, I was making it work. So I started to, to, to kind of examine what was working. Um, and then I, I soon figured out that, uh, for myself, even just having to do that for these workshops I started giving was to figure out what was working and do more of that and to figure out what wasn't working and to stop doing that stuff. Sure. So that became a little bit of a, a theme. Um, I started getting a lot of emails, people asking me questions and I found myself answering a lot of the same questions. And, um, I wanted to be more effective at answering those questions. So I got, I did some work to get trained in being a coach. Not that I wanted to 
start a coaching career or anything, but I, I did about 650 hours of, of coaching training so that I could be more effective at answering those questions. So it wasn't just from my point of view of my story, because my story is my story and it's kind of weird and unique and everyone's going to have theirs. So, you know, for me to just say, well, I learned in my experience, like that, that was starting to become not really powerful for me to answer these questions. And I wanted to get better at it. So that led me to starting in the key of success to start, you know, I started that, I started that blog living on gigging in 2008 when I was touring, there were just sort of insights into my own process. Um, but when I started in the key of success, which is really where, um, the first thing I created was an e-course, uh, the CEO of reverb nation actually heard one of my talks and was like, you need to write a book. I'm like, no, I, what? No. Again, with the, like, why would anyone want to read anything I have to write? And that was really like the turning point for me to, to put all this stuff into like a process, like a five-step process of like, I need to know why I'm doing this stuff. I need to figure out how to brand myself. I need to figure out how to ask for, for things powerfully so that I'm creating an opportunity for someone else. Um, you know, I need to really see what I have already going for me. Um, and I need to get some outside perspective. So those are the sort of things I started to focus on, um, and write about and develop some courses around all the while still working with ads and, you know, small businesses developing music for their promo videos and whatnot. And was in this branding conversation that I, you know, I had been branding myself. I learned Photoshop so I could do my own graphics for my website and not have to, you know, pay someone a lot of money to do that stuff. So it's sort of all again, like throwing the spaghetti at the wall, like, you know, trial and error. This is the stuff I need to have happen. Like, do I want to pay someone or do I want to take some time and figure it out myself? And usually I, I went with the latter. And, um, so again, developing those sorts of tools and just being in this bigger branding conversation was, was sort of a, a cool thing to realize a few years ago, like, Oh, branding is not just for like Coke and Pepsi. It's like for anyone that's putting themselves out there and has, something that they want to share with the world. And there's a way to go about doing that. So you're attracting the right kind of fan or customer or whatever. So outstanding. Uh, so yeah. in the key of success, it's a platform that uh, you created that has a bunch of different resources for how uh, artists can build that brand, can learn things about moving their careers forward. Yeah. I mean, there's some free stuff. Like I host my blog there. Um, I'm doing a thing on Patreon that you can, you can pay either $10 a month or $50 a month. And you, um, you get on a, a semi-private call with me and we talk about like what we're all up to. It's like a, accountability and new ideas. Um, I have my e-course on the, in the key of success site. I have a, a free quiz to sort of see, you can take the quiz to see what's next for your career. Like, you know, it, it's like a Buzzfeed kind of quiz. It looks like a Buzzfeed quiz. And then I have like my, my really intense courses and I do some one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I, I, I limit that because I am still composing. I'm still writing songs and writing for ads and stuff. So I don't, like I said, I don't want a coaching business, but it's part of, part of it for me is like definitely giving back, definitely creating things that I wish I had 10 years ago. And, and also I've had some amazing mentors, um, and I still do. And I think that that, you know, some of them I pay, some of them are, are just friendly conversations whenever I, you know, I go out to LA and I see one and, you know, so I wanted to also take that on. And I think that's part of like giving back what I've gotten over the past 10 years in this, in this journey. So, the, um, yeah, the website has, has all of that. And, and then my mastermind course is kind of like the, the cream of the crop. And I, I talk to every single person that I have in the course before they sign up to make sure that we really are a good fit. And there's something I can contribute to them. And that's called MX4, which stands for the money-making, marketing and branding, mentorship mastermind. And that's a six-week, like, online, like, very personal. Like, we dig in and, like, get rid of all of the stuff that's in the way sort of course. So 
Very, very cool. I was reading on your website that one of the things that drove you into creating a lot of these resources was your own experience of hitting plateaus as an artist. And that's something that I think that any of the listeners out there can understand. Uh, anybody in their music career has hit a point where they feel like, man, I I know the next level's up ahead, but I can't figure out how to get there. I feel like I'm kind of stuck. And could you give us, so, I mean, with all that being said, and because I think it would be instructive for the other, other artists out there, can you give us an example of a plateau you have encountered in your own career and the steps yeah. you took to break through it? Yeah, so I hit, um, this may be TMI, so especially if this is like a dude, pot, if you, dudes are listening, but just Oh, we're bear with so me. bro-y around here. Just, yeah, so, yeah. Okay, so so just handle it. Okay, ready, guys? So I, I hit a plateau once a month. I call it my occupational period. Here's why. Because... It, first of all, it happens once a month, like very, clockwork. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two, it's it's very common. Every it happens to everybody. Three, it only lasts a short amount of time, and it's and it's going to get better. And four, there's a fourth reason. I can't remember what the fourth reason is, but I mean, it's kind of like every every month, like sometime during the month, I'm like, I just I'm gonna look for a day job fuck this like i I really like every month wow oh every month every month every month i think that's that's a useful thing for many artists here because you got a lot of cool stuff going on you certainly you certainly done a lot of the things that many indie artists want to do and i think it can be satisfying for them to hear wow if she (laughs) contemplates a day job once a month then you know maybe i shouldn't feel so bad And I, the reason I came up with, I, I, I sort of started to look into a very good friend of mine who has like, what I think is like a fairy tale marriage told me that she wants a divorce like once a month. And I was <laughs> like, what are you kidding me? And like, that just made me feel so much better about like my own relationships and like, just that, that it's the, the point being that like, no one has it easy. It it's a rocky road and you can like push through to get to the other side if you're committed to it. And like, that's what it comes down to. So yeah, once a month I'm like, ugh, I don't want to like you know, if I'm doing the work, it's awesome. Like if I'm in a film and it takes me two months, cool. But then there's the the part of the work where you're working to get the work. And, and that just gets tiring. You know, you're doing a lot of pitching, you're talking to a lot of people and you just want to be sitting down and writing music and, you know, looking for a licensing agent, which is something I'm doing right now for my new record. I'm, I'm totally like just in pitching mode and it, it's exhausting. You're constantly creating opportunities for other people, getting in their world, seeing what they need. Um, and you're trying to be super articulate. You're on all the time. And then when you're not hearing the yeses, you're, you're hearing no's or maybes or call back in six months, like it's just, it, it does weigh on you. And, and you have to really, really, really be super clear on like, what are you committed to? What is the end goal? What's the big picture here? And, and what are you trying to create? And, and, you know, it takes a second and I'm working on turning that into being a real time. Like, okay, I feel the breakdown. I feel the ugh, trying to transform that like in real time. But, you know, sometimes it takes a couple of days. Sometimes it takes, you know, a Homeland Netflix binge to get over, you know, <laughs> it, but it, it happens often. So, I mean, you asked me for a specific example where I hit a plateau and I'm saying like, you know every every month that is one but well, that answer is even better because i think it's it's far more <laughs> interesting to hear that you know somebody who's getting things done in the business uh encounters these demons every week what do you do to kind of get yourself to the next month i mean one of the things that i i mean i am super clear and in, in all of my courses i talk about getting clear on your commitment or your statements so i have this like one sentence that took me years to find out figure out what it what what are the words what's the semantics of like what i'm really up to and is that 
does that continue to be bigger than my like lazy streak or whatever it is that's having me have this like plateau breakdown. And for me, like what I'm committed to is self-expression through partnership and creativity. And, and so, you know, when I wake up in the morning and I, all I want to do is watch Netflix, I'm like, is, who's being self-expressed here? I'm like, mm, nobody who is in partnership, mm, me and the TV. So nobody who's being creative, nobody. So it's like, you, you know, I, I have that as like a sticky note. It's like on my, on my computer. Like it, it's a reminder that like, if I'm doing something that is, you know, self-expression is present, there's partnership. Like this being on this call with you right now is totally a fulfillment of what I'm committed to. Like we're both, you know, in partnership, we're dancing. Every conversation is creative unless it's completely scripted, which this is not. So like, you know, I'm being self-expressed. I'm hopefully providing something to allow some musicians listening to be self-expressed. So this is like bigger than the Netflix binge, which is, I guess, my example of the other side of it. So I have that tool that helps a lot. Um, I schedule my week ahead of time. So every Sunday night I take half an hour and I schedule in like at least three things every day that I know I either don't want to do, or I know will make a huge difference if I do them. Sometimes they're one and the same. Um, (laughs) So when I get to like Wednesday at 4 p.m. and I'm just like, it's time for Netflix, I look at my calendar. I'm like, shit, I got to do that thing. And I know that if I do it, then next Sunday when I'm scheduling new stuff, like A, I'll have new stuff to schedule and B, I'll be in a different place than I was last Sunday. And that's that to me that that gets me like, all right, I have I have a really interesting relationship with my calendar. That's like a love hate relationship, but it's like 100% integrity. Like when something shows up on my calendar, I either do it or I move it to a time where I know I can do it if, if it doesn't work anymore. And I only am allowed to move an, a, a thing that I put in three times. If I move it th- more than three times, I have to either delete it or just do or die. Like it's, it's literally like I have to do it. So I, I usually do stuff when it comes up. I really, I trust the person who scheduled it, like the me from four days ago, you know, like I, so there's that, that trust in my calendar. So I, I really use that as a structure to keep me moving. And when I get lazy and like, don't schedule a week or don't schedule a day, like, oh my God, all the spaghetti against the wall. I'm just like, flailing, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that kind of focus is certainly admirable on your part. And that's a great answer. But, you know, I got to take issue with one thing. I'm hearing a lot of Netflix hate on the other side of this interview. And, oh my God, it's only because I love it so much. I know. Like, I'm going to watch Netflix after this. Like, how to get away with murders on, man. I got, I got to catch up. Oh, yeah. No, it's, (laughs) it's just my example. It's like my default, right? I could say, I could say like a million other things. Like, you know, I don't actually know. I can't, it's just Netflix. I'm <laughs> Cause, sorry. Cause that's all you got. I, I got don't, don't pretend like we else. have interests other than Netflix. We have Netflix. I have no other interest. Netflix just, is your hobby. Now what's your Netflix jam right now? What are you binging right now? I, you know, it took me a while to get into it and I don't know why, why, but Homeland. I mean, my, oh, yeah. one of my mentors, Sean Callery, who's the composer for Homeland. And I, you know, I've watched all of his other shows, elementary and 24 and, um, Jessica Jones. And I've, I binged on that once I found out he was composing that. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I missed Homeland. And I thought it was going to be like way scarier. I I generally only watch Pixar movies and Harry Potter. Like I'm, I'm and like friends, like that's my TV show jams. So like anything scary, it's like, mm. so for some reason I thought it was like going to be horror. It's totally awesome. And I'm kind of addicted to it right now. So (laughs) I'm a little, a little out of date. I think I'm going to do stranger things. I think I'm going to start that 
soon. Oh my! I mean, if 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 you sort of shy away from edgy television, I I, I would sort of warn you against Stranger Things. That being said, yeah. you know, my wife got through Stranger Things in one day, and it was like the greatest day of her life. So you know, I I would recommend it. It's great. That's funny. Slash sad. Um, <laughs> yes, but I, I, I yeah, maybe basically. I okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah. so. And I got I, we could do a whole podcast on just stuff that's on Netflix, but you know, music business and everything. I, I was told you have this music career we should probably talk about. So, um, we got your song coming up in a bit, and I'm pretty excited to play this. Uh, your song, inevitably, which you were kind enough kind enough to let us play here on the show. But before we do that, I want to ask you a question about marketing. Uh, what do you what would you say is a mistake that artists that you've come across tend to make most often when trying to market themselves? Um. I think, I think the biggest mistake is being a billboard, um, like throwing stuff up there and just hoping people see it as they drive by or scroll by or whatever, um, analogy you want to use. But I, I, I really think that, that making requests is, is way more powerful and interesting than saying, instead of saying like, Hey, check out my video, like, which is, you're not saying like it, I, I'm, it's so blah versus like, I'm playing a game to get 500 likes today on my, on my new music video. Will you play along with me? People automatically like answer yes or no questions in their brain, which is going to make them more likely to act on it. Um, instead of just, you know, scrolling through and like being, being a billboard. So that, that's, that's my biggest thing. And it's just a way of wording things. I mean, the content's essentially going to be the same, but there's, there's a level of like interest and engaging and creating something for them versus like, I need help. I need you to do this for, for me versus like, let's play this game together. Like I I know that people want to contribute, you know, in a, in a way. So it's like, how can you create things that allow them to do that? Yeah. I mean, that subtle engagement's important. I was reading a, uh, some article recently that was saying that, um, something that you'll see people like that, uh, marketers will do with products is they'll tell the consumer, you know, instead of just saying a uh, buy brand X, they'll say, take the brand X challenge, <laughs> you know, try, mm-hmm. try brand X for 30 days and see if you, you know, it's better than your, you know, leading brand. And for some reason, just when you when you tell people, when you invite them to do something like that, to to play a game, as you've said, it just it just triggers something. It's a it's a special kind of consumer engagement. Mm, yeah, it's, totally. It's super cool. All right, so um, I'm excited for this because again, I was listening to your music all the way on the drive here to the studio, and I'm excited to share this with everybody because you know everybody's heard about all this great stuff you've been doing with your music, and uh, now people get to get to hear the music behind the story. Uh, we got your song inevitably queued up. Uh, this came out earlier this year, and we're excited to play it right now on the Break the Business podcast. Love is in the air tonight. Crack a bottle while the moon's still high and the band is on. With one more song Close my eyes and count to three Wishing that the stars look down on me And send you soon Maybe you're here, where are you? Maybe you're far, I can't find you, can't find you Something is clear, it's meant to be 
That was inevitably by Cheryl B. Engelhardt here on the Break the Business podcast. Check her out at cbemusic.com. Cheryl, that was tremendous. Thank you so much for letting us play that on the show. Well, thanks. I oh. appreciate that. Oh, well, we Again, I appreciate having that uh, on the drive home as I was listening to it. It was, just, it was tremendous. Uh, and she's also at uh, cheryl.bandcamp.com. Uh, Cheryl, you've been a treat. This has been awesome. We'd love to have you on again. Before we let you go... Do you have any last tips, although you've been a font of tips this interview, but do you have any last ones uh, that you want to share with the uh, indie artist listeners out there to help move their careers forward? Um, well, I just finished reading Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic. She's she's the author of Eat, Pray, Love. And a friend gave me this book, and I was like, eh, okay, creative process, schmoshes, whatever. But one thing that she said that I'm totally, like it hasn't left my head since I started you know, finished the book about two weeks ago, which is, um, two, two things actually one, how she says, how dare you put all the responsibility of your income on your passion, on your creativity, like your poor creativity. All it wants to do is be creative and you're like forcing it to make money for you. So I feel like if you have, if you're a teacher, if you have some other things that are like slightly related to what you really want to be doing, but aren't quite it, like not to make yourself wrong for having to do that, to be be financially responsible and also give a little, take a little weight off the shoulders of your creativity. I really, I really love that concept. Um, and it's something that I sort of, I continue to do. Like I, I still teach piano lessons once a week, one day a week, cause it's consistent and it's predictable. And, you know, I used to make myself wrong. Like one day I'll never have to teach again. And I'm just like, no, I like, I like teaching. I'm really expensive and I only work one day a week, but you know, and if they don't practice, I drop the kids, but that's that. So that's one thing. And then the second thing is to just continue to be curious. Like, don't worry about if you're not feeling passionate. And this is probably another thing that gets me through that like monthly <laughs> occupational period is, is just to like be okay with the curiosity and like a little bit of like, Oh, I'm, I'm feeling into my garden this week. I'm feeling like I want to decorate our, our, you know, our new bedroom and like letting the clues sort of show up and, and let those bring you back to your passion eventually. And not again, to taking pressure off of like the passion and the creativity. You have to be doing it all the time. 
I think that's, you know, giving it a break and like letting your brain take over something else for a little while. Like I got really into gardening for a week and then I got really into like decorating our new, new house. And like, then I came back to music with like, I was like, ah, refreshed and like ready to pitch and ready to sit down and write some songs. And like, you know, when I had just been feeling like in a slump. So I think, you know, be curious, take the pressure off of the passion and the creativity in that process. And, um, that's all I got. How about that? It's not even mine. It's not even very original because it's basically from Elizabeth Gilbert, but, um, you know. Oh, there, don't, don't, that don't that's all you got me like <laughs> that like that was somehow uh insufficient that was tremendous advice um, there you go. thank you for, thank you thank you to you and her for sharing it uh she's the host of the podcast key conversations she's got living on gigging.com check that out you can check out her website cbemusic.com follow her on twitter at cbe it's an an artist not an airport <laughs> uh, Cheryl B. Engelhardt, thank you so much for joining us. Did thank I miss you. anything? Are there any other places where people can find you? Uh, in the key no, of success, of course. You know, that's that's great. That that's everywhere. I just launched a seven day career challenge and it's free, but you should be able to find that on any of those sites that you just said. So that's the thing I would I would pick up right now if you're if you're at all stuck. So um but I, everything is available everywhere that you just said. So that's great. Thank you so much. Marvelous. <laughs> Cheryl, it's been a pleasure. Uh thank you so much for being on. And we will be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to the delightful Cheryl B. Engelhart for joining us in the previous segment. You can follow her on Twitter at CBE and check out her website, cbemusic.com. Mm-hmm. Oliver, do you have anything you'd like to add? All right, good stuff. He's been unusually well behaved. I, I didn't think he was, I, I thought for sure he'd be panting, rocking around the room, bumping into stuff. I'm starting to wonder if people think maybe we're lying. Yeah, that's true. Should we, can we take a picture? No, it's okay. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll see if he wakes up a little bit later on. Okay, okay. let's go. What do you what, you wanted to bring something up because I think it's what apparently today is football. Fo- today's whatever a, that is. It's football Sunday. I mean, by the time you listen to this, it might be like Monday. But I'm excited for football. I've I've loved football. You, I feel you used to really be into football. We used to watch football together, and now your your sports interests yeah. are drifting to the it's, ice. It's almost as if the Miami Dolphins and Miami Hurricanes, by virtue of mediocrity and badness, yeah. have driven the joy of football from me. But, I mean, don't you just appreciate football generally? Like, most football fans just love football. Like, even they love it whether their team is good or bad. But, uh, but I actually don't blame you. Like, the Dolphins have, I mean, the Dolphins have earned your apathy. Yeah, yeah they've, they've many years of they bad football. They put in the time and effort for, for me to go away. That's right. Also, at the same time, you know, when we had, you know, LeBron came down, we had the big three years. That's right. You know, it was a perfect storm to me not caring <laughs> about football, really. I kind of want to bring you back in. Well, like, don't worry. When I move to LA, I'm sure I'll be a diehard Rams fan. You're, you're going to be uh, Gaga for golf. Yes, I'll be Lady Gaga for golf. That's right. Um, I don't know. I, I want to float this by you. All right, float I, away. I, I want to try to because I want to get you into the football train, and I want to do something football related for the podcast. You don't have to say yes to this now, but I want you to kind of consider it. Okay. You know, let's. I want to do something where we can, you know, maybe. Because you know the podcast airs on Sunday, so we can't like pick games 
by Sunday because anything that happens Sunday is going to be old news by the time people download this. Yeah. But like, if we can do something where like we pick the you know we each pick like one of the Monday night games, we each pick one team in the Monday night game, and whoever wins like the next week, we have to you know whoever loses has to do something embarrassing, like tell an embarrassing story or something like that. Wow, Ryan, you have such original ideas. Oh, why? Because I'm just kind of sounds like something that the Levitard show does on ESPN. Yes. No, theirs is different. They pull a lot of helmets out of a look, you, man. You, you are guilty only, of this. There's only so, so much. Many, there's only so many things you can do with picking football games, Dave. It's amazing you don't have started calling me Stu yet, because that's all you ever do is try to use their show to steal when they have stolen from us. Really, they, that's true. They have they have stolen a lot of your bits, and you're they very have. upset about they that. They have. They they know. They know. <laughs> Ryan, they they know. Okay. Well. I want you to consider it because I think it'd be fun, a nice week to week thing to keep people interested. And it doesn't have to be embarrassing stories if you don't, if, if you don't if you think that's too much like Lebetard, but something, you know, some football well, thing. We'll take it under advisement. But since, since, Ryan, since you're in such a sports mood yeah. and you want to talk about like the sport that matters and what are, what are people watching and the, the pulse of today, Ryan, I've got something for you. Or a friend of mine does. Hey, all right. Yeah, that's right, Ryan. I'm back, eh? Hey, Canada Dave. It's good to see you. Uh, we saw you last week. You're here again this week. I, yeah, I like well, this. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, eh, that I feel like Canada Dave really, like, you know, it's it's up my alley, buddy. So that's why I sort of, like, I just came right back down here. Or did, did I leave? I don't know. But, you know, I, I, I think it, I crashed on your couch unknowingly. Because you, you, you remember, Ryan, like months ago, you said you got to crash on people's couches, right? That's you right. Crash Important on their piece of advice for artists. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't stay in a bed, Ryan. You got to be on their couch. That's how you got to be an artist, right? According to you, Ryan. If you're on a couch, you're great. If you're on a bed, you're, you're a hoser. You're just, we don't want anything to do with you, buddy. All right? I feel like that's a slight misconstruing of the advice I one, gave, but that's one, fine. One of the things that people don't know about, right? But I think, Ryan, was this in your book? I don't know. If to win a Grammy, right, buddy, it, you know, you got to actually like prove to the Academy that y- y- you live on a couch. No, I, I don't know if that was in my book. Are you saying that Kanye West uh, doesn't live on a couch, buddy, like in a small, maybe studio apartment with a hot plate? I, I can't imagine. I think he has slightly more opulent digs than that. Oh, OK. Well, I don't know. I'm just a simple kind of Dave over here in the cabin, you know, surrounded by wolves that are tormenting me psychologically and, and, and if they get there, which physically, too. Um, anyway. Well, yeah, what brings you by the studio again, Canada Dave? Well, buddy, I heard you talking about sports eh, with my buddy Dave. And um, so and so because I know you're such a sports guy and I know a lot of our fans are also they're really knee deep in sports, buddy. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, they, they love you playing ukulele and also sports. Yes, the in, in in that order. Oh, exactly. <laughs> if there's a team of ukulele playing Ryan's, oh my god, the, the, the world, oh oof, my god, we gotta make that happen, eh? <laughs> the 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 Ryan's, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds religious. It does a little bit. <laughs> it's all of our Catholic fans out there. <laughs> anyway, buddy. So the World Cup of Hockey, my friend. Oh my god, buddy. So actually, you know, my boys Canada got got you know we, we split the series with the U.S. yesterday, five two, beating USA in uh, Ottawa. But uh, Friday, Ryan, your boys, the USA, they, they beat uh, Canada four two in Columbus, Ohio. But Ryan, oh, you nice. know, in the spirit of sort of continental unity, Dave mentioned before, Team North America, right? These kids, right? These these plucky kids, buddy. These plucky kids that are well, I mean, basically millionaires on entry level contracts. But you know, they're still plucky plucky kids, right? Yeah, a lot, lot of scrap there. 
oh, that is crap. You know, like under 24 year olds, dude, those guys beat Europe for nothing, all right? Oh, wow. Yeah, Matt Murray in goal. He was the, the Stanley Cup winning uh, goalie for the Penguins. That's uh, tremendous. Dude, Nathan McKay. Oh, the, the speed and skill these guys have. And, buddy, guess what? The Panthers got uh, two players on uh, Team North America, Vincent Trocek and Aaron Ekblad, buddy. So, you know. Ekblad, really? Oh, yeah. I actually know that name. All right. Yeah. And <laughs> guess what, buddy? Tonight at 6 o'clock. So, everyone listening, you know, that's what you got to watch, okay? You got to watch tonight, Sunday, 6 o'clock on ESPN3, North America versus Europe. This time, for, also from Quebec City, eh? I mean, I doubt that the episode will be up by then, but, you know, go, go watch the tape delay. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we, we know that uh, all of you listeners out there, you know, American football is, isn't really where your hearts lie. It's, mo- it's mostly uh, World Cup of Hockey, which, hey, man, it's basically playoff hockey in September. You can't go wrong with that, buddy. <laughs> well, all right. Now, okay, right. So here's the thing, bud. Last time you sort of decoded the Matrix of Canada Town or Hoser Talk. I feel like I did. Yes, I did unusually well. And I think my system was... If it's ridiculous, because the name that you know, it's Canada Town or Hoser Talk, you you give me the name of something, and I have to say if it's an actual town in Canada or if it's not. And I feel like I figured out your trick because really, the stranger the name is, the more likely it's a Canada mm-hmm. town. And if it sounds like a town, it's not a town. It's Hoser right. Talk. Well, Ryan, that information is now no longer uh, necessary because I have here, Ryan, Rush Song or Hoser Talk. <laughs> That's a new game? Oh, it's a it's new game, Canada, buddy. It's not Canada Town or Hoser Talk. It's Rush Song What? We've graduated, Talk. my friend. We've graduated. Now we're going to the next level. Rush Song or Hoser Talk. Okay, eh? All right. Let's do this. The national band of Canada, Rush, you know, may all may all other bands bow before them. Oh, yeah. Neil Peart, drummer. Great drummer. Oh, yeah. And Getty Lee. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And the other guy in Rush. <laughs> He's the guy you got to watch out for. He's sneaky good. <laughs> it's underrated. Yeah. I should I probably should have used Wolfel to find out who he is anyway. <laughs> nice callback. Thank you. <laughs> All right, buddy. So I got some Rush songs here. Or do I, Ryan? <laughs> oh, oh, my, watch your my, head. My headphones hit the mic. Sorry. Watch. Yeah. But <laughs> you make me laugh a lot, Canada Dave. Ah, oh, buddy. Oliver, right. do you have anything you'd like to add to this? Oliver. All right. Is good asleep. stuff, Oliver. Okay, he's probably dreaming of Rush or Wolves. Oh god! Oh, oh my God, Ryan, what if he's in cahoots with the Wolves? That's why he he never wants to be in here. Suddenly he wants to be in here, Ryan. What if he's a wolf in cocker spaniel's clothing? Oh my God! Oh god! That's how crafty they are. Did they get to you, Ryan? Were they holding your wife hostage? And this is how you got to do it. You're like Lando, making a deal with Darth Vader. Lando. Wow. Uh, they, they arrived just before I did, the Wolves. The Wolves didn't give me a choice, Canada Dave. I'm sorry. Are they altering the deal, Ryan? <laughs> okay. That's a lot of inside jokes. Yes. All right. Rush song or hoser talk? All right, Ryan. Ready? Let's go. I don't know any Rush songs. This is going to be a mess. Okay, Ryan. Fancy Dancer. Fancy Dancer. Uh, I'm going to say that is... I'm going to say that's hoser talk. Ryan, that's a Rush song. Oh, damn. Actually, it was an unreleased one. It, they played it, performed it live in 1974 on ABC. Oh, that doesn't count. Ryan, Rush played the song, okay? Well, I'm, I'm sure, like, they've played covers of other people's songs. That doesn't make it a Rush song. Like, if it's not on an album, how would I have ever possibly known that? Not that I know any Rush songs anyway other than um, okay, Tom R- Sawyer. Okay, Ryan, possible wolf sympathizer here. We're, we're moving on. <laughs> Fair enough. Ryan, The Trees. That could be a Rush song. I could totally see that. Like some really complicated, you know, 9-8 time signature Neil Peart shit. No, that's that. No. Yes. No. Um, Hoser Talk. Ryan, that's off the Hemispheres album. Oh, man. 
one. Just when I had figured out the town game, now you got me with the rush game. Damn it. Well, that's exactly it, buddy. We here in Canada, you know, we're, we're really sort of modest folks. And hubris on any level sort of has to be uh, stamped out and destroyed in any place it grows. I love you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> love you, too. Okay, buddy. Brian, turn the page. Oh, I mean, that's a... Isn't that like a Neil Young song? But... Well, no, because... Well, okay, look. The first two have been Rush songs. So I think just, you know, by, you know, law of, law of averages, this one has to be Hoser Talk. Ryan... Turn the page off the Hold Your Fire oh, album. Oh, God. That's a Rush song. Man, okay. three Rush songs in a row. This is like when the teacher like messes with you on a test and like the first five questions are all, are all A and you think like, oh, God, they can't all be A. And then you're like, you know, having some weird existential crisis. That's like what this is. That's weird. This thing copied. It says turn the page again. Oh, oh buddy, here, let me just. It says turn the page. What do, what oh, do you think? That's clever. Yeah. How about that? Let's do that. What, okay. What, so what's the answer? What? I just, I, 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 Canada Dave has to go with what's said. So it, it, apparently I've got two turn the pages here. So there's it, two turn the pages. Well, so what, what do you have? Because well, I said the, the last one was off Hold Your Fire. I mean, then it's a Rush song. Ryan, turn the page from Bob Seger and Metallica, buddy. You're wrong. <laughs> you suck. I'm sorry. That's me and Canada Dave. I got upset there. Yeah. You know, that's the song. It wasn't Neil Young. It's, you it know, wasn't Bob Neil Seger Young. It was Bob Seger. And the Silver Bullet Band. And then Metallica covered it off the Garage Inc. album, buddy. So, okay, you're. One, no, wait, one, two, three, four, wait, hold on a second. One, over two, four, three, Dave. four, five. No, you're over five, buddy. Really? Oh, wait, did I, oh, I skipped that one over there. I just yeah. assumed you're wrong. I mean, that's a fair <clears throat> assumption. Ryan, where's my thing? Um, I mean, like, they, they've all been Rush songs, so there's no way this one is, oh, no, except for that last one, but that one was also kind of a Rush song, too. You really beat me with the technicality there. I'm going to say this one is a Rush song. Hey, you got one right, yeah. finally, for the first time in your life, off the Roll the Bones album, Ryan. That was mean, Canada Dave. Ah. <laughs> Roll the Bones album, okay. Well, it's, remember, buddy, no hubris, you know. We've had a few Canadian guests on the show, and I know we have some Canadian fans. I wonder if they're like listening right now and being like, how does he not know these? Exactly, buddy. That's what, see, like Daryl Newdorf right now is just yelling at his. You, you, you uh, should iPod. have been. You should have been simultaneously studying the Canada towns and also Rush songs. What was I thinking? You just need to get some Canadian history textbooks. Is that what they teach in Canadian history class? Rush songs? Well, no. That, that up there is just called history. That's fair. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It's like Brazilian nuts in Brazil. They're just yeah. called nuts. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I can't argue with that. All right, Ryan, here's a, here's the one. Is this a Rush song or Hoser talk, eh? Xanadu. I mean, Xanadu's an Olivia Newton-John song, but you're saying, is it also a Rush song? I'm going to say, no, that's Hoser talk. Ryan, Xanadu off the Farewell to King's oh, album. Oh, shoot! Yeah. Are we doing this again where you're going to ask me again at Xanadu and then I'm going to say no because it's Olivia Newton-John this time? Well, now I won't know. That way you don't get to have a right answer. Oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not doing well at this, Canada Dave. This no, is hard. This is much harder than Canada Town or Hoser Talk. I know, buddy. That's kind of why I wanted to do it because I wanted to have some fun. It's a little, I know it's a little malevolent for Canada yeah. Dave. Yeah, to, to have fun at the expense of others. That's not very Canadian. But like I said... It's because, more of like, you know, because you brought it on with hubris. Yeah, I, you know, I brought this upon myself. It is the it is the duty of every Canadian citizen to stamp out hubris. OK, 
You gotta be just modest and you know what you're doing good at. Okay, buddy? I know I'm good at being kind of Dave and frankly, not much else because we really have never explored my backstory. <laughs> Fair enough. And, but I, I, I am good at, you know, staying alive despite the wolf. Yes, you, your survival skills in the face of... You know, constant threats is very impressive. Yeah, I, sh- I should I should really like go and deliver some survival classes. I'm not <laughs> licensed in any way, though, folks. So you know, <laughs> you're taking your chances. <laughs> All right, buddy. The speed of love. The speed of love. That almost sounds too much like a Rush song to be a Rush song. I'm going to say that's Hoser Talk. Ryan, that's off the Counterparts album. Are these all Rush songs? There hasn't been one that's Hoser Talk. This, you're throwing off my whole system because I, I, I always know like if, if like two or three in a row have been Hoser Talk, then I know the next one's a Canada Town or it's a Rush song. Like This right. is completely messing me up. Well, that's too bad, buddy. Anyway, Ryan, how about you take The Road Less Traveled? Is the road less traveled the title, or is the whole thing? How about no, the road it? less traveled. I just built up to it because, like, in a funny way or something oh, like you're, that. You're, yeah, you're a card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah thank you. I'm gonna say that's a rush song because I feel like that's where we're going with this. Ryan, that's hoser talk. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> well, buddy, it's been an entertaining round of the brand new game Rush Song or Hoser Talk. Uh, I think, folks, we're gonna keep this around for a while. Until he decodes the matrix of this uh, game. Oh, and then we'll the... figure out something else. Maybe like Canadian cuisine or hoser talk. Um, a Drake song or hoser Well, no, because Ryan may know about that. Because that's like sort of in the news. What? Or maybe Canadian prime minister or hoser talk. Why can't it be like bare naked ladies song or hoser talk? I know bare naked ladies are are big in Canada. And I know like every bare naked ladies song. I could crush that game. Ryan, it is far too cold for them to just be running around out there like that, buddy. They got to have some coats on. I don't know what you're doing, buddy. That was very... You, you didn't even have the volume up for the... One more time. There it is. Okay. Get that one, the joke. Get that joke, the rim shot it deserves. Okay. Well, it's been fun, Ryan. I'll see you later. Remember, World Cup hockey, Eddie. A? a? Is that good? Is that Eddie? I don't know. You heard it. Yeah. I think you meant A, but yeah, yeah. I got you. All right. All hey, right. Go North America for uh, <laughs> continental <laughs> unity. I'm with you. Yeah, well, All right, buddy. Uh, All right. I'll see you later. All right. Thank you, Canada Day, for... For joining us there. Is it Canada Dave or Canada Dave? We don't really know. We go back and forth. They seem to be both. They seem to be interchangeable. Yeah. But uh, that was fun, bud. I, I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know he was going to pull that game out on there. Like, yeah. On. I, I noticed that both Dave and Canada Dave and all the other characters you have seem to have the most fun when I suffer. That's a common theme. Do you think the audience does too? I'm, I'm sure the audience loves it because I think they love it when I get mad and I yell and I get disappointed. And because, I mean, really what I think it is, is I spend much of the A block coming off as kind of a, you know, know it all. Like, oh, look at this guy, like telling us a bunch of legal news. And he thinks he knows everything. He wrote a book. Blah, blah, blah. And then in the third segment, I lose all the game shows. And I think people are like, oh, he gets his comeuppance. Wait, am I then actually, do you think, <laughs> do you think I'm making people think, well, <laughs> clearly he's not an authority on anything. I shouldn't listen to his advice or well, buy his book. Canada Towns and Rush Songs. You're an authority there. Yeah. No, no, no. But for you, like Ryan Carella giving advice, am I undermining you? No. God, no. Oh, so I'm not. That sounds like a challenge. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's? Oh, goodness. Is uh, Do we just go into that? or Do we go into the next thing I see there on the board? Or do we need to have a... Is there any kind of, you know... As Ted Knight says, no, wait, is it Phil Knight? Just do it. Who's the owner of Nike? Just play That's the Phil Knight. Yeah, just do the damn thing. Yeah! 
Now it's time for Dave's Metal Minute on the Break the Business Podcast. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to once again unlock the seventh seal to open the gates of hell where the four horsemen spew forth and destroy the earth as we know it. (laughs) Good to see you, Metal Dave. It's good to see you too, Ryan. (laughs) <laughs> My goodness gracious, you uh you seem oh there it is. Sorry about that. That wow, you the the volume uh, is really giving you issues today. Yes, I'm I'm having some problems with the uh you know, Yeah, it's a simple it goes up or down and yet that you've not really mastered yeah, that. Yeah, the, the, the Y axis is really giving you problems, buddy. That's correct. Yeah, the faders are really messing with me today. Yeah. It's good <laughs> to see you. Uh, my spirits are a little broken from that last yeah. thing we did, yeah, Metal I, I, Dave. I, I was in the green room uh, listening and uh I couldn't help but chuckle at your uh, at your demise over Rush song or Hoser talk. Is a Metal Dave a Rush fan? That's not really metal, but yeah. I respect Rush, buddy. Oh. B- bro and buddy to get combined, buddy. Apparently, we're both uh, having issues. It would so seem. All right, Ryan. Oh, okay. Let's get into it, all right? Yeah, let's do it. Well, all what, right. What, what do you, what's, what's going on? We got some metal news? First bit of news. <laughs> Sorry. Ryan, do you have Netflix? I do, yes. All right. I know you do because I use it too. Ha <laughs> Ryan, on Netflix is a great documentary. We are Twisted Effing Sister. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, I've, I've seen that one in the queue. That looks really good. It is really great. And by the way, buddy, I would say this actually applies to independent artists out there. Is that right? Yes. It tells the story of Twisted Sister, but only from the point of view of their forming right up to before they make it big. Playing the club scene in New York in the tri-state area for years, putting in the time and the effort to be big. That's kind of cool. I, I didn't. I, I thought it was going to be more about just their their rise to fame. I didn't think it was about like their their build up. It that was is, the build that up. Could be useful for that, indie artists. Th- that could be useful. Now, granted, you know this is also the late seventies, early eighties. So their their goal was to sign a record deal, which I know you are dead set against. Yeah, that, that, that's true. Yes, I know you want all record executives to burn in the pit of fire. Oh wait, wait, wait! No, come on, that seems excessive. Does it? Right. So, but really great stuff with uh, D. Snyder and uh, the other guys in the band. Really interesting. Again, it just shows the work ethic and the time they put in. It's not an overnight thing, folks. It takes time. Unless maybe you want to sell your soul to Satan, then you can do that in a snap. Kind of like how you sold my soul a few episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. You'll be oh. happy to know I'm getting a lot of good stuff out of it, though. So, you know, it was worth a lot. Oh, I'm thrilled for you. That's great. Yeah, it wasn't cheap soul. I've, I've sold other people's cheap souls, and you don't get much out of it. It's kind of a bummer. You feel bad for them, but honestly, I don't. <laughs> We're really using that sound a lot today. I know. Well, you're making a lot of good points. Look, it's I'm not the one controlling it, all right? When you make good points, the sound just happens. Yo, well, that's my, my, my demon friend, Soundbordius. <laughs> Soundbordius is the ultimate demon who comes from hell and really knows how to engineer the hell out of a show. Like Homer Simpson. That's, watches and mixing boards. That's such an obscure <laughs> Simpsons reference, Metal Dave. All right. All right. Right. Do you want the next story? I very much do. All right. Buddy, 
you'll be happy to know that uh, Fenris of the band Dark Throne. Ooh. Yes. Is that like a barbershop quartet or? No. I should, probably, right. I should probably leave the jokes to you during this Dark segment. Throne, who un, un, basically released the three albums known as the Unholy Trinity that basically essentially created the Norwegian black metal scene that we know today. That's cool. Right? Fenris was involuntarily elected to his town council in Kolboten, Norway. What? <laughs> so, he was asked to be a backup representative for the, the town's liberal party, and... Uh, he put up a poster with him holding his cat saying, don't vote for me. <laughs> and the opposite happened. I'm going to show you a picture and you will put it up on the show of what that poster was. Let me see. Oh, that's so cute. It is literally just him holding a cat. Well, And the caption had, don't vote for me. But right, the people of Cobalt Norway say, we're going to vote for you. We're going to vote for the Dark Lord. So, I mean, is he going to have to serve now? Can he turn it down? How does this uh, work in Norway? Apparently, you can't turn it down. Really? <laughs> apparently, the Norwegians are very strict <laughs> with this sort of thing in this town of 9,000. Um, he says, Norway is very small. So when you're a local politician, you're a local, man. I'm a pillar of my community. And then he said, if you get voted in, you have to stay in that position for four years. And then you can pull out. But I'm used to these sort of long-term commitments. Well, good for... I am sure he's going to do a lot of good for his town. He's going to be a great public servant. Let's hope so, buddy. We're, we're hoping there's going to be, you know, sacrifices every week. You know, we're hoping there's going to be some statues, maybe to, uh, you know, Azazel or Apollyon. All those great demons, right? And also, we're hoping maybe some good school lunch programs. Yeah, I know, definitely. Yeah, you, some they, nice, solid, good public policy. Yeah, exactly. You got to make sure the kids eat. They got to have, you know, nutrition in order to learn. That's, that's just good. That's just good sound yeah. advice. Good I, policy. I, I learned that from your sister-in-law. That's a principal. Okay. <laughs> I'm a pretty amazed. Sound Bordicus gave you the sound for that. All right. Cool. Well, yeah. It also, it was her birthday recently, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday, Jen, from Metal Dave. I know that's probably the best thing that's gonna ever happen. So I mean, she's she's probably very thrilled. Oh yeah. Possibly mortified, but also thrilled. What? I didn't say anything. I have not said anything in last. Silence! <laughs> Sound Vorticus is a little delayed there. You got to talk to him. Well, apparently he looks like he's having a conversation with Oliver. <laughs> All right, buddy. Last story. I'm surprised Oliver is like, Metal Dave is really yelling. And That's right. Oliver is completely asleep. Shut <laughs> Oliver, do you have anything you'd like to add to these proceedings? That's good stuff. Right? Yes. The last story of the day. And in fact, I think the one that's going to chill your blood the most and send you running from your house with your hair on fire, screaming, praying for mercy. Ooh. The fans like the riff, right? If they don't, they know where they can go. Fair enough. Ryan, from the Miami Herald. Okay. You really, you really scoured the globe for this story, Metal Dave. Right, and I think maybe you saw this too. You know, Shawnee Chasser, uh, this grandma, has been living in a treehouse kind of on her brother's property. Yeah. And the county said, hey, 
that's not all right. It's not up to code. They're going to try to kick her out and they find her thousands of dollars. And she's like, this is my home, guys. I don't care if it's a treehouse. I've forsaken the sort of rat race life you guys have. I'm not going to conform to your ways. Wait, I, I have not heard this story. She lives in a treehouse. Yes. And the county wants her to leave. Like, I mean, how, how living are we talking about here? Like, does she have like a bed and, you know, central air and, you know, sink? Or does she just kind of like camp out there overnight sometimes? Like, do, do you want me to just read you the description of this place or something? Kinda. Okay. I'm saying I want more details. She's got a cottage with curved wooden steps leading around the trees to a second story. Just large enough to fit a double bed, Ryan. The ground floor includes a kitchenette stocked with a mini oven, a sink, and a tiny circular living room. You pile of crap. That actually sounds really nice. Yeah. There's a ceiling fan from Home Depot. And the county's saying she can't live there? That sounds nicer than most of the apartments I, I knew in New York when I lived there. They're saying it's not up to code, Ryan. Up to code? Their code, Ryan? They don't decide our code how we live, Ryan. You know who decides the code? Who decides the code? Satan. Wait, are you saying this grandma's like metal and she's part she's, of the metal movement? Uh, she's got purple streaks in her hair. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, so anyway, ma'am. Keep up your fight, all right? And if you need, I think I know a lawyer that will help you out. I'm just offering your services, Ryan. Remember, I sold your soul. You belong to me. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. This is a metal grandma, Mom, uh, Ryan. <laughs> and she kind of reminds me a bit of your mom. Yeah, my mom's pretty metal, too. Very rebellious. Yeah. In fact, we're just going to start calling her Metal Susan. I have spoken! All right. <laughs> Right, that's the news for today from Dave's Metal Minute. I will see you next time, and I will burn you and the listeners. Your the volume. Sorry, can I tell you what happened there? I realize incompetence. I don't have the outro. All I have is just the intro again. We've never had an outro. That's never stopped you. I thought we had an outro. All right, you want to try it again? You have really just made this end weird. This is now just ending weird. Oliver, do you have anything you'd like to say about this? Good stuff, Oliver. All See right. you next time on the Break the Business podcast. <laughs>